0: You're listening to Productive Flourishing. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Right? Like, I, it took me two years to accept that in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm way, like I'm starting again. Like, I really, truly feel like in a lot of ways, I'm starting from the ground up. Um, and that, for a little while, embarrassed me, right? It, it's just like, oh, but I feel like I'm behind again. Meanwhile, that's the reality could not be farther than the truth, but that's how you feel. But it took me some it took me some time to really realize, "Oh, this is actually quite exciting." Because now I can choose, like everything has been disintegrated, burned to the ground, <laughs> and now what comes from that is a real freedom to to really be myself.
0: That was Ashita Gupta a leadership and business strategist who's been the head of media for The Domino Project, a publishing venture with Amazon headed by Seth Godin, and is a sought-after speaker. She joins me today right as she's in the middle of the thrash of rebuilding her life and business. After a confluence of major life transitions, Ishida realized that she needed to head home to refortify with her parents, only to discover that her parents were in a health and business crisis that Ashida needed to attend to. I'm Charlie Gilkey. And this is Productive Flourishing. Welcome to Productive Flourishing, where we explore how to do the work that matters so you become your best self in the world. I'm your host, Charlie Gilkey, and I'm joined by Angela Wheeler and other guests who will share their stories, insights, wins, and challenges in the hopes that our journeys and stories will help you with yours. Now, on to the show. Ishida, thanks so much for joining me today, and I'm really looking forward to a... Um, Both a catch-up, because it's been a while since we've really talked, but also to talk about the real stuff that you're going through, maybe that I'm going through, but it's the real stuff of doing creative work and work that matters.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to be talking to you right now. We haven't caught up in a while, but let's do it.
0: Let's do it. (laughs) So, you know... Online, we know you in, in several different ways. And, and I, you're one of those people that I tell everyone that if you don't know Ashita, you should know Ashita. So you're a you know, you've been a publishing powerhouse, um, you're a fantastic business coach. Um, you're um, a brilliant strategist in so many different ways, and just a really amazing human being in general. And so when I was thinking about connecting for the podcast, you know, the, the general script is, um, well, you're doing some amazing things. And, you know, it has some upsides and some downsides. Let's talk about it because part of the show is just talking about what's going on with people's world and how they're going through it.
1: Yeah. And
0: then you're like, hey, Charlie, it's been a while since we caught up and this is really <laughs> what's going on. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be like a good show or a good episode. Right? I don't know. You can see.
1: Charlie, talking between us is always going to be a good show, guys. <laughs> Get ready for it. Who knows? We don't know what's going to come out of our mouths, but... Let's let's do it. And thank you for that intro. Thank you. And yeah, we we were catching up because we needed to, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Old friends. And so, you know, you're one of those people and um, we all have these in our lives. So there's certain types of friends where like, if you don't stay in touch with them on certain time periods, it feels like it doesn't survive. And then there's others where you might only talk to them once every two years, but you can pick right back up. And those old soul friends are fantastic, you know?
1: Soul friends is a good way of putting it. I feel like with you, I'm on your team forever. Let I know likewise. And so it doesn't feel like time has gone by. It just feels like we need to get a really long cup of coffee.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It'll be a while since, it might be a while until I'm in Detroit, but we'll see. We'll see what we can make (laughs)
1: I'm getting out of Detroit, Charlie. I'm getting out of Detroit. (laughs) All right.
0: So catch us up because you know the story better than I do. I, I really, I mean, roll us back to sort of the end of 2015 and what you've been, what you've really been up to and doing and challenged by. Totally.
1: Um, and thank you for wording it like that because 2015 was really a big transition for me. So like you mentioned before, and you're very kind, very, very lovely intro. I'm totally going to receive that right now. Um, I am a business coach and I've been coaching for five years, like since 2012 around ish. And when you say publisher, I run a magazine online, etc. And I've been doing those things for a few years. But what happened in 2015, after working quite hard in doing those things, was I was just burned out. I was working a lot. I was extremely stressed out being in New York City. I was hating my business fine, like you don't hate your clients. I never hated my clients, but I hated every part of what I was building. Um, and meanwhile, I'm also a speaker. So I speak on stage and I was speaking about things like confidence and entrepreneurship, but secretly like going home and eating cookie dough ice cream and being like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? What am I creating? I feel so stressed out. And Truly, like while I was building, in a lot of ways, it manifests. Things manifest in my body first. They do. Um, <clears throat> I just was feeling tired all the time, but I couldn't properly sleep because my mind wouldn't stop. Um, and it was like the summer. I had been working really hard. I remember all of 2014 and 2015. I remember there was a day where I had so much stuff just in a day. By the way, stuff that I had planned and I had told my assistant to put in my calendar and I had added on, that I canceled all of it and I just went to the beach, Brighton Beach. And I know this because I went to my Instagram feed today, today, to search for that picture to see, when was that time, when did that really happen, when I was really burned out or because your brain just gets so foggy, especially when you're burned out or going through things. And I saw that, I went back to that post. It was like August, 2015. And I remember it was a day where I just took off. I canceled everything. I said, F everything. I went to the beach and I didn't even know what to do with myself at the beach. I truly didn't even know what to do with like a full seven hours because I was just wired not to work, just wired to be wired. And that was when I realized I was like, and Also with that, every time I talked to my family, my two siblings, my sister and my brother both lived in New York too, still do. They'd say, hey, what's going on? How are you? And my answer consistently was, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. They got so pissed off. They were like, you need a new answer or you need to change it. Something needs to change. I was also in a really hard relationship at the time where we were fighting constantly and like performing what felt like three Broadway shows a day like in our arguments, it was like a cirque de soleil of relationship It was awful. And I was done. I was like, and I've had a couple times in my life where I felt like this, like I pretty much need the baseball bat to the head. I really, really, really have been trying to learn I really, really, in the last couple of years have been learning from whispers, but I needed the baseball bat. It's happened like two or three times in my life where I've had to go really low to get it. And I said to myself, ah, I'm done. And I packed up my stuff and I moved out of New York City with the intention. I ended that relationship. I did not slow down my work yet with the intention. Let me pull a geographic and move to Detroit, which is where my parents are. I grew up in Detroit. I'll go back and I'll put this in air quotes, heal at my parents' house for a couple months, figure stuff out, just slow down a little bit, being out of New York. Um, (laughs) That didn't happen. That did not happen because I came back and I was already on E, empty. And I came back and now this is like fall of 2015. I came back to my parents' house and realized that my mom had, like, major health issues going on. I mean, like, major stuff that I, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what details I want to share with you guys, but it was, like, things that, so I'll say one thing, was health issues. It wasn't, like, something I could point to, like, cancer, right? It wasn't, but it was very, very real, Um, and she was suffering, and her health was, Uh, at a really bad place to the point where, um, she had to like get blood infusions and she was at the hospital all the time and, and she's a doctor. And so her business was really, um, like it was just performing awfully, like on every level, marketing, sales, patients, customer support, like, you know, everything. Think about a business tanking. And this is a hundred percent that, and she was the main support for our household. Like she's always been the primary breadwinner. And so it was really a shock for me to see issues that I never thought would touch our like, whatever, my perception of our middle-class educated family, Um, cultural issues of like patriarchal stuff, dominating and women like suppression and repression. Like it was all very shocking to me, particularly as a modern woman, who speaks for a living and runs her own business, whatever. And I took on the task then of forgetting about my own healing. And I think this is what, as I don't know about other cultures, but I know immigrant cultures. Like I am wired to like save my parents and care for them. Like I could never be the woman who doesn't talk to my parents. I just, I wasn't raised like that. And it's, It's been a great thing for our family, like my siblings and I, as we were getting, you know, being brought up, but it's also been a real big detriment because I think this attachment to my parents, not just approval, but also caretaking and this and that has been a real, um, I don't know what, it's been an obstacle to my own growth in a lot of ways because it's like an infantile way of looking at things, right? Like I have to save my parents, I have to do these. And so... You tell me if I'm like going off tangent, Charlie, because I the, like, there so are many... no
0: tangents. Yeah, okay. no, th- you're you're doing great. Or
1: going on a tangent, rather. Um, I I just shut down, Charlie. I did not know how to manage what was going on with my parents and with my mom and with my own self. Um, like I didn't know how, and I think I'm the woman that can solve everything. Because I do, in a lot of ways, solve my own problems all the time. Like, I'm a strong, independent woman. And that jacks me up in a lot of ways. Because it's very hard. Like, I'm a perfectionist, and I want to solve everything, and I want to make sure every problem has a neat, buttoned-up solution, particularly when it comes to your parents or your family. And I just got the biggest shock of my life and lessons of my life in the last two years. So it's now... August 2017 it's squarely been almost two years since I've been back in Detroit and the things that I have really learned is completely the opposite of things being buttoned up in a nice proper bow it's lessons about surrender and acceptance but not approval and uncertainty and being okay with things like so many of these things I can go into in detail which I will but Really, if you want to know, I haven't had much success in my business in the last couple of years because I had to learn about how to have, heal myself while also having this huge change and transition in my life related to my core nuclear family, which shook me, shook me, shook me. And I was really embarrassed for the first full year. Like I could not talk about it to anyone. In fact, I've been pretty silent the last couple of years. Um, I feel safe talking about stuff with you and your your people. Um, and I want it to be real. I want it to really be real in that um, I did think, like I'm this business coach, I have this persona online, I have this thing, I have to, I have to, like I can't talk about how, you know, totally broken I feel. And rock bottom, and there's definitely no Instagram photos here, like at all. Like, what can I Instagram today? There ain't nothing, you know. Sad face, or me eating cookie dough. Like every, like it was just there's nothing there for you to latch onto that's like presentable. Everything is messy, and so what do you do when that happens? I mean, there's better ways of dealing it, and there's worse ways of dealing with it. I don't deal. I didn't initially deal with it well at all. I just hid. I just hid, hid, hid. Um, And I have an online presence. And so it sucked for like a good six months when I didn't write to my list. And people were like, where the hell are you? And I didn't know what to say. And then I had to create a comeback post to which I had to strategize what I would say. Do I apologize for where? Like, it was so messed up. Meanwhile, on the back end, I'm having conversations with my core close friends every other day was like my 911 support team about like, what the hell am I doing in my business? What the hell am I doing in my life? How am I dealing with this? And even the way I'm phrasing these questions now is neater. What I was actually saying was, Oh my God, I'm so, I feel so, can I cuss on your show?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I feel so, but I mean, these are literal conversations that I wish I could have taped. I feel so fucked up. I don't know what's up and what's down. Please tell me what to do next. Please tell me. This is literally the, the plea that I had to all my friends for the last two years. And, um, you know, there's no right answer. there's no right answer that anyone can really give you there except to witness and be there and listen. Um, I'll tell you one thing I have learned for real, for real is everyone just needs someone to listen to them at times. Sometimes there's no solution. There's literally no solution even right now to what I'm going through with my parents. But if I can share it and have my dearest person listen and know that and witness me that in and of itself helps. I've been learning a lot about how to be there for people when they're going through grief and hard times. Cause that's what the last two years have been. So the reality is, is that business thinking was going on. Not a whole lot of business building was going on. You know, what it looked like was I had to stop my business in 2016. Um, The very beginning on my birthday, I emailed all my clients and said, I can't keep it together. I need to care for myself right now first. And by the way, the big secret of life is they all knew that stuff was already up. And they were like, you're an idiot. We would, you you know, if you were homeless, we would still work with you. You needed to be honest with us. This was literally what they all said. And I'm thinking, everyone thinks I have it together. I'm showing up to my calls. No, they were like, we have known. Something has been going on with you. So lesson number one, be real about it. Be real about it. I I wish I would have been realer about it from day one so that maybe it could have gotten some support. Maybe we could have figured it out together. But I was too afraid of looking a certain way to them for them and then feeling like I couldn't help them to be honest. And then after I was honest, they really got it. And they let me have that time and they were there when I got back to their credit. Yeah.
0: The interesting thing about all this and so many interesting things, and I'm going to say this in a way that's not, I, I know you'll understand it, right? Um, man, have I missed you and not in, <laughs> not in the sense, like, why did you go away? But like there, there's, there's this that I, that I've missed and that um, i appreciate, I so appreciate. So, um, as someone who has had different bouts, and so I'll issue to you probably don't know this, and some listeners don't know. In 2014, 13, Angela and I were in a car accident.
1: I do remember that,
0: yeah. Our lawyer um, advised us not to talk about it on social media. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... um it created this social media and the blog and, and sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it created this type of thing that like between us being sort of sidelined and, you know, me only being able to write for 15 minutes mm-hmm. at a time before like pain, it was painful and all the stuff that goes on when recovering, mm-hmm. it created this interesting scenario where it's like, how, how much do you tell people about what's going on? And I, there are different degrees, but I, I what I would say is at least letting folks know,
1: yeah.
0: When, when you don't have a lawyer advising you, right. To not, not to. say not, not <laughs> to, right. So that was the thing, yeah. right. He was like, you know, don't write about it. Don't put it on your Facebook. Cause they will go back through and they will look at it and they'll friend you. And then I was like, yeah. man, that's really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. But even if you don't want to go into the details of all the stuff that's going on, you can just say, Hey guys, like I'm going through a rough patch right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And it, I think we forget about this. like, Business stacks on top of life.
1: Yeah. Not the other way
0: around. Not the other way around. And so it turns out that there are periods of time where the business of life is the business. That's all you've got. Right. And yet we somehow think there should be more. I've got to do this. So on and so forth. And it's true, obviously, like if your bill, if your business is paying the bills and you've got to keep the, you know, keep the lights on in your business or you can keep the lights on in your house. That's one thing, but I don't, what, what I hope people will take from your story is if you're in that position where you just need to be heard, it's, it's so true, right? Just um, be careful of the people who are well-meaning fixers. Yeah. Where you really just need a well-meaning listener, right? And you yeah. might not need to talk to the fixers. And I can sometimes be a fixer. No, you way. need
1: to completely not talk to the fixers. No offense, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. And if you are a fixer, no, it's, there's no harm. You just want to – your intention is to love and help. But there's no easy answer sometimes, right?
0: Well, but what I I was going to say is a lot of times we don't actually know that that's what we need. And so we'll talk to to the fixers and it might be a plea of, please just tell me what to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Where
0: under that it might be, please just hear me and let it be okay.
1: Yeah, that's a good distinction. I remember I called Tim so many times. And my plea actually was, I mean, he basically booked, I, I moved to Thailand because I was so, so stressed. A lot of people think I went on vacation. I didn't, I, I went because I did not, Mars wouldn't have been far enough. I did not know literally like how to put a sweater on or what to do in my business. I did not know anything. I didn't know what to do. What do you do when literally you think you're so smart at it and you are at a complete place of not knowing? And so he basically booked, did everything except book my Thailand tickets. Um, and so I guess you're right at that point. In time, I didn't know what I needed. And in some way, the energy of someone coming in and helping you and being able to receive that was super helpful. And in other ways, I didn't know what I wanted. And I did just need someone to listen, you know, and you said something that I wanted to go back to, which is you said at some, you know, maybe like life stacks on top of or business stacks on top of life. and if your business is, you have to pay the bills. I mean, my business does pay the bills and there were still times I couldn't perform. So I just want to say, and and here's the deal. The truth is I still survived. I stayed at my sister's or I figured out a way to talk to my clients and say like, I'll I need this month off and we'll start again. Part of the whole thinking about being an entrepreneur is that every time shit hits the fan, like I am not the woman that can work through a shitty time. I can't, even when I was working with Seth and this was like a high performance job. I was going through a breakup at the time, which was my a profound breakup after I was engaged to him. It was, it was very hard. I would show up at work in tears and he would be like, well, <laughs> what's up, what's up with you? And I'd be like, I don't know how I can perform for you today. Like, I don't know. And he would allow me the time to figure, to process my emotion. I can't just show, feel this way and then power through it. I don't know if other people can, maybe that's what they call willpower or discipline or like the ability to push through. I've never been like that. So in some ways I can only really be an entrepreneur because I'm a really shitty employee, but in a lot of ways to everyone listening, if you're in a point where your business pays the bills, whatever, and you can't somehow like let yourself off the hook for a period of time, because You can do like what I did and stay at your sister's or get a loan or I know people don't have the same options I do, but even for me, it didn't feel good to stay at my sister's. It didn't feel good to have her help me pay for it. You know what I'm saying? I lived off my savings for a long period of time in the last couple of years, but you will survive it somehow and you'll be able to make it through. Like this burden that literally you 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 every last thing i mean i know this sounds like it might be coming from a place of privilege and it is i have always in a lot of ways been very privileged from my background and my parents paying for college and things and so i get it but i will also say from a totally individual standpoint i've had zero money in the bank at times zero and have had to pay rent and have had to do things And it forced me to guess what? Learn what Airbnb was and hire a business coach and get cornered into a wall and start a magazine that ended up creating an email list. Like it corners you and you figure stuff out. So just, I just want to say that to anyone who's really afraid of in some way falling apart. Like it's okay. You're not going to fall apart forever. Even now, like. I fell apart for a little while, and I'm, you slowly come back some way, somehow, you know? So, you know, yeah. to your point of business and life.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to speak to the compartmentalizers, yeah. right? Because I would fall on the compartmentalizer side mm-hmm. of things where it's like, yeah, I can go through rough times. I could take whatever crappy thing this is, compress mm-hmm. it down, put it in this little space there, right? And I, I was like, and, and go on and do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm be aware that that stuff is still there. Like the bill right. will come due at some point. I've learned this many, many times the hard mm-hmm. way, right? So yeah. you can, there are only so many pockets where you could shrink and put stuff before like a pair of yeah. pants, you run out of pockets, man. And the That's bill so will come true. due, right? And you can learn. And part of what I've had to learn to do or gotten to learn to do is how to like, seep a little bit out of those pockets at a time and process a little bit so that there's, you know, there's not this continual buildup, but you know, there's whether it's a spectrum or whether it's different ways of being like part of it is, I would say just the, giving yourself the permission to actually just be going through a hard time and that being okay. Right. And that it's hard for you to go through the hard time and, and not try to project, you know, the image of whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. that they don't go through hard times. And if I were them, they would be doing this. Like if they were the, if they were you, they might be falling the fuck apart, right? You don't mm-hmm. know these types of things. But I think it's just that um, the permission to like not have everything be awesome, to mm-hmm. not have everything be handed to you. And I mean, we, I'm, I'm so thankful that we have more conversations about grit and discipline and adversity coming back up because I think <laughs> for a while – it's been accepted that the norm is that things are good for, mm. for in the, in the, in, in the, quote unquote, the conversation. Now, depending upon what communities you're from and what your economic background was and how you were raised, it might've never been good, right? You're just used to things not being right. great, right? And mm-hmm. there's some, a lot of terribleness to that. And there's also this resiliency that you've built, but yeah. I think just being able to say, you know what, I'm going through a hard time right now and it's, it sucks. And that's just full stop. It sucks. Full right. friggin' stop. <laughs> no, but no. <sighs> and just, it sucks. Yeah. Um, and given the situation, what's the best way for me to take care of myself as a human? Mm. And the other thing that, that, and I know, you know, and we, we've riffed about this in other places, Ishida, I believe, is that, um, one of the challenges of, of entrepreneurship is when entrepreneur becomes a a self aspirational label. And the reason I say that is because when your business is not working or when you need to do something else, so many people can't make a change because everything they've made about themselves is I'm an entrepreneur. I can't go get a job. If I go get a job, then I'm a complete failure.
1: No, you're not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I mean, I'm a shitty employee just because I've never had a real job. I swear, but you're right.
0: Yeah. And so going and being like, you know what, it's a really hard time. And I don't have the emotional bandwidth to take care of my aging parents, my family going through crisis, my
1: mm-hmm. kid that
0: got sick, um, yeah. whatever that might be, whatever's causing you that. And you're just like, I, I don't have the emotional yeah. bandwidth. I don't have that to be able to do it. But I really do just want to show up to work at nine o'clock and have mm-hmm. someone tell me, here's what you do. And then go oh, home at God. five, right? That's I've what I'm having
1: I, visions of that.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> I just like, want to
1: pet dogs all day. Or I literally just do that for someone else. I'm not kidding you.
0: Yeah.
1: I am scared of that. But you're right. You're right, Charlie. This might be a, a very serendipitous conversation for us right now.
0: That, that happens sometimes. <laughs> but I just want to say for listeners, like, you just, I don't know. I was talking to a client about this earlier, and I've been talking more and more about wayfinding, not just because I'm the chair of the Wayfinding Academy, but I've been thinking a lot about this for the last few years. Four key points, knowing where you are, one, two, knowing where you want to go, three, having a roadmap between point one and two, and four, knowing what to do when your plan does not match reality and you got to make some, some changes in course. And part of the challenge is, is really accepting that this is where I am right now. Yeah. And where I thought I was going may not be relevant anymore. I need to change that. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: That's life. That's okay. That's okay. The good thing. I'm really glad you said that because I don't know, right? Like, I it took me two years to accept that. In a lot of ways, I feel like I'm way like I'm starting again. Like, I really, truly feel like in a lot of ways, I'm starting from the ground up. Um, And that, for a little while, embarrassed me, right? It's just like, oh, but I feel like I'm behind again. Meanwhile. That's the reality could not be farther than the truth, but that's how you feel. But it took me some, it took me some time to really realize, oh, this is actually quite exciting because now I can choose like everything has been disintegrated, burned to the ground. (laughs) And now what comes from that is a real freedom to, to really be myself. So in my business, there's, I started my business life coaching, fear and confidence and that And then that didn't necessarily just feel right. Then I just started exclusively business coaching and that didn't feel right. What it was last, the last iteration was both like strong emotional support and fear and confidence and business. Now, I don't know what it's gonna be, but I know 100% it's gonna be a culmination of everything I've also learned in the last two years of boundaries and parents and prepping for calamity and self care and grief. And also business and sales and marketing. It, it's going to be some version of that, which feels way better and more real and more exciting to me. It's the whole part. It's who I am.
0: Yeah, that's the weird thing is is that sometimes that thing that you cling most to, like I gotta I gotta preserve this, like it's it's got to keep it going. I gotta do that. Is actually the exact opposite, hmm. right? Of I'm not saying this is true for you, but sometimes, right? It's just like actually. So you need to let that go. Yeah. And then see what emerges. Um, because when you feel trapped, and I don't know, it's this weird thing, as I've talked to a lot of people and, and coached a lot of people, it's like where they feel the most trapped is where they're the most clinging onto it. Yeah. Right? It's not that they're actually trapped, it's that their energy, their intention, their mindset is stuck there. Hmm. And so it's like then it becomes what permission do you need to give yourself? It's not about data, it's not about any, what permission do you need to give yourself to let go and do what's right now. And mm-hmm. um so in the in that what why I wanted to talk about this is obviously you've gone through some major transitions and sort of really catalytic and disruptive things. Um in a bunch at once, right? A move a, <laughs> the, end, the ending of a relationship. Parent um, situation. Parent, parent situation. So like
1: unsure but let's just lay it all on the table relationship ending pulled a geographic moved states so I moved my home after 10 years parent situation that I'd never encountered before stopped my business start started running my mom's business whole different new beast entirely couldn't figure out solutions to really any of that properly the way I wanted to and now you know left with the whole new open space which is also great but also like what the flying fuck Okay, but I don't even know where your question was going, so...
0: <laughs> well, what I was saying is um, having one of those is hard enough, right? Um, having all... I, you were counting on your on your finger. I think you got to your thumb. So having all five of those, right? Um, we'll count at six because there was a the flying fuck about it, right? Um, having all... Like, you, here's what I'm trying to say. This happens often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, life, there, there is... I, I get super frustrated and I think you and I have talked about this. You know, I get super fr- frustrated about sort of the work-life balance conversations mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's just, you throw it all in the blender and it's all in the freaking blender, man. Like you can't mm-hmm. separate it so smoothly that this, this is where things are coming up.
1: No, it's never smooth. It's, it's never smooth people. It's there. I don't think there's been one smooth time in my life. It's not smooth. Yeah. Not nothing smooth about it. It is never a word I would choose to describe my life of great stuff and hard stuff.
0: Sorry. (laughs) No, it's it's, it's great. And that's the point is that as, you know, I was talking to Pam about this, right? And because obviously we've been going through different things. Listeners of the show know a bit of what we've been going through. Like if you've been following Pam, she's been going through some things too. It's like you get to this realization where it's like, you know, life can be good and hard. At the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Right. At the yeah. same damn time. And so you end up in this weird space where you're like,
1: this is really, this really sucks. It's, it's weird. Humans aren't, we're not wired to, we're not wired to accept that very true fact. I'm not. It's how I've had to learn it. Yeah. How to hold like a real great moment of joy in the middle of grief. It's weird. It's,
0: it's weird. hard. It's hard. And when you talk to people. Sometimes it's like they want to choose one piece of that and, and take it like, oh no, but life is really good. I know you got some hard things, but life is really good. Let's talk about all that. And that, that could be useful. Or other people can be like, no, let's talk about the hard and let's let's dig into that. It's really that both, right? And understanding that this can, this happens. I I think what's weird about it, Ishida, is that like we accept that this happens on the daily. Right? We accept that like I'm might be in a weird mood right now. Because mm-hmm. I so have like, on an, yeah, uh-huh.
1: on an individual level. Yeah, on
0: an individual level, because it's like I haven't eaten, or maybe I'm tired because I didn't sleep well last night, or like we can understand those sort of fluctuations where we can be in those states, but we can also zoom up and say that's, that's what happens, and I'm not saying you have to talk about it, right? Not every damn thing needs to be public. Um, oh, but this is- yeah, I think finding the people you can talk to about it. Being okay with what is. Um, and being okay that what what is right now might dramatically shift what you were doing previously. Um, it will. It will.
1: Your reality has changed. Your identity has changed. You are not the same person you once were. Accepting that is hard. Accepting that comes with a lot of grief. Accepting that comes with a lot of fear. And excitement. Like, how can I be the same. I'm not. My molecules have changed. Like my body reflects it. So along with it is gonna there will be a shift in work. There will be a shift in my messaging. There will be a shift in what I give a shit about.
0: And that's all good. Yeah. Right? And terrible. Well it
1: doesn't feel good, yeah.
0: <laughs> and terrible at the same like... time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well two things to what you said. First is I think people should, there's this whole idea in our world about, I don't even know if I want to call it our world or whatever, in being an online person, that oversharing is a bad thing. And yet, undersharing, if you never share, it also doesn't allow your people to connect with you or go on your journey. I have always struggled with that. Always, since day one, struggled with that. What I have learned about myself is that I will not be showing up to my work, to the message, to my people, whatever, if I do not share in some way what has been going on and not just wrap it in a nice bow either. Like I've been going through a rough patch to me, to me personally feels like the most inauthentic thing I can say because I talk about problems and whatever all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have to, in some way give specifics. And by the way, the counsel I've gotten from many of my mentors and people has been to not share, right? Cause I don't want, if I'm having open heart surgery, I don't, I definitely don't want to know my surgeons have going through a divorce. That's for damn sure. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not a surgeon <laughs> and I'm not literally like, fine. I can sit in this narcissistic position, think I have people's lives in my hands. I don't. I have people's attention and I've developed a relationship with them and I like them and I trust them. And in some cases, I love them. I have to share. It's the only way I can actually create, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for me, sometimes in the past, I have overshared and it's been an issue and I learn from that. You just have to go the spectrum and then pull back. But you learn about yourself. And so that was the first thing I wanted to share was you're just going to find your own spot and people are going to tell you so many times my mentors have just given me advice and I haven't been able to take it because it wasn't me. Um, and then other times I probably should have taken it, but you'll find your own line. And then I had a second point, which I have forgotten.
0: That's all good. Um, the the key thing there is um, about the line and about the spectrum. So. Here's where Rashid and I are, are different, and it's great that we're different in that way. Like, you
1: know, we're so different. Why don't you teach me a class on how to be you, and learn all the things that will help me, like how to have a spectrum and how to not completely fall apart? I can teach you how to totally fall apart, and it'll be okay.
0: <laughs> Actually, we might need to talk because um, because I, I need to. I need yours, um, but I know. Truthfully, <laughs> we all need each other, so that, and that's the thing, right? Um, you really have to think how does this enable me to go forward, right? Mm -hmm. Or prevent me from going forward. So for Ishida, like not being able to share what's going on with her prevents her from going forward, healing and doing what she needs to do. Mm -hmm. Depending upon what I'm sharing, what's going on, it might prevent me from going forward, right? And so it's just knowing how this particular thing serves you and serves what you're out to do in the capacity that you have available, right? And so – and – you know, and I'll I'll just put it on the board. One of the reasons I don't share some of the things that are going on behind the hearts and about, uh, uh, you know, behind the scenes is oftentimes people will take on an energy and a perspective about that particular thing that's radically different than than how I actually feel about it. And then I'm in sort of this position where I'm I'm consoling them about how they feel about what I'm going through, and I'm like sure. not helpful, right? No. Uh, I'm not definitely yeah. not helpful. And here's where I actually am on things. And so, but again, you have to learn. And, um, there is, so I'm going to zoom way. I'm going to go left field real quick. Whenever you're thinking about your brand, whether that's your business brand or whether that's your personal brand, what will attract people to you is your Achilles heel, to be honest, right? If you're perfect, if your everything is all buttoned up at a certain point, you will be unrelatable and inaccessible. Right. Mm -hmm. And so think about the stories that we have about about and That's why we say the Achilles heel. Right. Without Achilles heel, we would not be able to understand Achilles. Right. And it turns out it wasn't his heel. It was his arrogance. But that's another matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we try to sort of cover up that heel and not talk about it and not let people see it. And at a certain point, people can't relate to you. Right. If you yeah. don't, if you, if they don't know I'm struggling or I'm challenged or here's where I'm learning and here's what I don't have stuff figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just I want to put that out there. Now, how much you continue to point to the Achilles heel? How much your whole thing is about your Achilles heel? That's
1: you can't. That's the thing. Yeah. You can't be about that. I think the reason to to your point, the reason people work with me that they're attracted to me that they read my stuff that is because I'm able to. To share it, and I share it. I like share the shit out of it. I like cry in my videos sometimes, which to a lot of people is like, ugh, stop. And to a lot of my people, is like, dude, great. And simultaneously, I can very much own. I can very much own my confidence. I can own why I belong in a certain space. I can own the lessons that I've learned from that. I can learn it. I'm not just sitting in a space of being Eeyore all day like hey poo, I can cry and I can do it and at the same time yeah ain't nobody gonna buy from me if you're always like this like I think there's like a certain that's why Tim Tim Lawrence who writes about adversity and depression whatever he doesn't write about it from a space of having mastered it but he writes about it very confidently from a space of owning I think the ownership of it is ownership is the word that I
0: keep feeling here. Ownership. That's the fantastic word for it, right? Owning it. You know, I was just talking to a client, you know, it's a, it's a coachy thing, but I'm talking to a coach so we can get it right. So I was talking to her about the claim it, name it, tame it framework, right? So claim and own whatever this pattern is. Mm -hmm. Um, Typically give it a name. I like funny names because we can sort of objectify it and it doesn't own us in that way. But then that's before, I mean, you have to be able to do those before you can really tame it and really, um, Incorporated into who you are, and it's not get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's very intentionally tame it, right? Yes. Um, and it's, it's a huge sense of ownership, but being separate than the thing it is, right? And that's you yeah. can't own something and be that thing at the same time, right. Right? Um, right? And so, yeah, whether it's this oversharing thing, right? You can own. that. Okay, this is part of my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna need to find my balance on it or whatever it might be. Just not pretending that it's not a part of who you are and what you're going through. Yeah. Or totally. that you've overcome it, or you know that's I think where you can get tripped up by the same thing over and over again. It reminds me of a um, line from the Tao Te Ching, which is um, a sage knows her faults and is therefore faultless. Oh, mm-hmm. right, because mm-hmm. you know what that thing is. It doesn't trip you yes. up. It doesn't. It doesn't rule your <laughs> life. You don't fall into the same damn hole over and over and over yeah. again. Right, and that's when you yeah. win.
1: And that's, I think you can win because you're not, because literally there's, I don't know how to say it, but there's no obstacle between you and your life in that moment. Like you're not resisting anything. Like I'm going through a grief period of time right now. And I would literally had two clients today where they were like, how are you? And listen, I can fake the funk all day long. And I've done that in my life and it sucks the store clerk asked me how I am these days. And I'm just honest. I'm like, it sucks. I'm in the middle of a grief-filled time. And guess what? I'm buying tuna salad right now. So I'm cool. You know, like it's and so I I shared with them. They're like, how are you? And I was like, whoa, it's been rough. But right now, I and I and I even tell them because I think it's important, I have my huge support team. I have my support team that I pay to be my support team, and I have my core people that are my support team. So I'm set up for that. And I feel really good right now. And thank you for allowing me the privilege of focusing on your business for an hour and a half. Like, that's fantastic. And they're like, great. No one's like, oh, you know, no one is like that because it's just, it is what it is. And let's go. And it's not like this Spartan way of looking at things. It's, again, ownership i think is the name of yeah the game
0: and i'm glad you mentioned that too because um when i've gone through group periods people are like oh do we need to reschedule is everything okay because when i've shared that i was like actually right. no this is the best thing for me right now right
1: yeah and I'm i can so be pum- more laser focused
0: <laughs> yeah i you know like so no let's do this because what am i gonna do get off this and then go sit on the couch and i've
1: been crying for 10 hours a day yeah In one uh, hour i'm happy to devote See you. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. Um, and so this is really like, the, whatever I'm going through, there's either a solution that we're working, yeah. or there's not a solution. I ain't a damn thing I can do about it. Right. And so,
1: and at the end of the day, if I can still help someone else and deliver results, and which is 100% what I can still do, unless I'm not able to, which is then when I emailed my clients in 2016 and said, S- listen, I need a month to figure stuff out. Unless you really need to do that you can still show up I mean if I can and I fall apart and I can show up for two three hours a day and still be of service like it helps you it really does it helps me rather
0: well and that's so. I'm, I'm glad you get because that was a point that I was that I kept forgetting to bring up part of it is this under this idea that you can't do the work and be in whatever emotional state that you might be and there's a spectrum there might be a spectrum that might be different places there might be times where you just can't you just be like I just can't mm-hmm. Right, and then there's other places where you're like riding through the tears, you're like this really sucks right now, but I'm still able to do it, or you're able to meet right. with people, or you're able to do those types of things. So, um, this idea that you have to be in this perfect state for your best work to happen is one that is definitely worth challenging. Um, it, just like it's worth challenging the idea that no matter what you're going through, you should do what you said you were going to do anyways, right? It's it's somewhere... integrity,
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and so I it's... wish there were a simple answer here.
1: There is none, right? I keep wanting to ask you, I swear, my impulse is, Charlie, walk me through the thing, like, listen to my mentality, listen to how I have coped with things, and and walk me through what you would do. Because I, I have a feeling it would be different, and I have a feeling it would be helpful. Like, I feel like at times in my life where I have fallen apart, I've given myself permission to, it's been fine, I feel like I might have been aided by not just completely going on the extreme and been like, well, let me either try to do this project or let me either tr- like this idea of integrity. And I'm doing this, I was doing this landmark program too, which is all about integrity Yeah. this whole last year. So is such a great, great point, but I, I need to exercise that muscle and I haven't. So that's my impulse. Teach a class, Charlie, or teach us how, or teach us something.
0: Yeah. I, and there may be a conversation offline cause I want to be um, uh-huh. conscious of your time. Cause I was, I was, you know, I think I
1: have, I have a few more minutes. If I have you have a few more minutes. Based so you, yeah.
0: what I would say is if you're going through that scenario, the first is it's really the Theodore Roosevelt, like do what uh-huh. you can with what you have with where you are, where you are. And so what I find um, from folks that might have a harder time compartmentalizing parts of it is that it's the baby bathwater scenario. Like it's all too much. I got to get it all. I got to throw it all out.
1: If you could see me right now, guys, I'm hundred percent. I'm double. I'm pointing at myself, double yeah. thumbs to a though. Yeah.
0: And so, um, and this is one of those cases where I say one of the, f- I, am really a huge fan of, you know, whiteboards or flip chart and just put like, <laughs> what's great about this. What's terrible mm-hmm. about this. And what's just okay about this. Right. Mm-hmm. And because what, what we would be able to identify is like, what are those things that are just terrible about it that we really do need to eliminate, get rid of, so on and so forth. <laughs> um, and then we kind of go to the top. And the reason I would do it in that order is because that's the bottom stuff is where most of the emotional noise happens. We're mm-hmm. so focused on those things that we can't think about anything else. So The like, bad things. The bad things, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we have a negativity bias in that way. So it's like, okay, those are those things. I can either do something about it or I can't do shit about it, right? But I know where that is. Mm-hmm. All right. So now let's look at the good things that may fuel me, that may light me up, that may ignite me. <laughs> Which of those pieces can I hold on to? Mm-hmm. And how might I weave those in? Because if you take away the good stuff, um, the bad stuff doesn't go away like instantly. It doesn't. So you just take the, you take away the stuff that fuels you and you're just left in this pit. Right. Um, and so, so and so it's really, okay, what are these things that that can anchor so that you can get up in the day and you say, you know what, today sucks real bad. I got to do the thing and I don't, whatever the thing is, right. Um, it might be, I have to wipe my dad's butt today. I don't want to do that today. Right. Um, And that's okay because I get to have this great meeting with a client
1: Mm -hmm. or I get
0: to have this great conversation and that's Mm going to be like something I can look forward to nourishing and that's going to be supportive. And I Mm -hmm. see how that's building it so on and so forth. And so it's really kind of one of those scenarios to where, um, Um, You walk through it and then there's that that weird stuff in the middle and a lot of stuff might be in the middle and those are the harder things to deal with because those is where I start looking who – those I go to who sort of scenarios. Who can help me with these things, right?
1: You know, I wish I would have talked to you two years ago, Charlie. God damn it. (laughs) Um, I – you know why that's helpful? That's actually really helpful for me in this moment right now. That's really helpful because I have done in the past, I have thrown the baby out with the bathwater and you're right. You, because you're so focused on the bad thing, the things that feel really bad, you forget like the nourishing part of seeing a client or like I felt so useful after I got off the phone with Julie that I was like, I had energy. To take all of that away does really add to the pit of despair whatever you're going through. It really does. Um, I like that framework. That's very helpful for me even right now.
0: There we go. That's my class. I'm done. That's your class. (laughs) No, but what I would, yeah, thanks for that. Definitely. I I hear that. And that's really, um, that's really, it's pretty much any audit. I would go through there. So if, Mm -hmm. if you're not going through a major tradition, but transition, but maybe it's like, man, I'm really burnt out on my work right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just do that. Or maybe it's like, I'm not, every service provider will know what I mean here. And they'll know both sides of it. When you get to that point where you get actually resentful of your clients or you yeah. get frustrated about them in mm-hmm. every time I've worked with people in that it's not their clients. It's no. one client. It's two clients. It's right. that one or two sort of like, um, people yeah. out there that are just not a good fit. And sometimes they're just straight assholes, but sometimes there's just not a great fit. Right. Right that That is what we, when we can't compartmentalize it, that becomes mm-hmm. the entire sort of thing. It's like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, yeah. but what if you didn't have this person, but if all of your clients were your top quintile, of, like this person that you love to death, what if yeah. those were what you got to do? Then people are like, okay, I know what I need to do for it. So I think just being able to tell the truth. Yeah, just being able to slice. Um, slice it up and being able to get support where you can. But remember, and this is a Peter Drucker sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes no sense at getting better at doing something that you shouldn't be doing in the first place. Yeah. And that's where you eliminate some of those things as much as possible. We can't eliminate all mm-hmm. the bad stuff in our life. Right. Um, but there's this cruft that we accrue. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's 2010 and we have a Plurk account. And we still are holding on to that Plurk account in 2014 and no one know knows what, what you're talking about. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious, but like there's this thing that we took Such over a in nerd. the past. Right? Um, Plark was going to kill Twitter. Yeah, we see how that happened. Oh, okay. Um, and so it's this thing that we've decided in the past that is something that we absolutely totally needed to do. That just, It's a canoe that we need to sit down because we're, no mm-hmm. we're no longer paddling across the lake. Like just don't carry that canoe with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, like, what it help when you're explaining it in this way, what it helps me do, like how Plurk, <laughs> forget it, I'm not going to go to Plurk. It's okay. Like when I, what it helps me really do, and I'll try to articulate it like a human being, is I have this belief about myself that I'm not a compartmentalizer. And what this framework helps me do is really see that it's really not that hard. It's actually doing what I or I want to I want to feel good like I'm an intuitive I'm an empath whatever all those words are but I'm also like OCD strategic whatever I've always had a hard time straddling those worlds and I've always been balancing masculine feminine always been what this helps me do is actually say oh this is actually helping me feel good and it helps it gives me a pathway to to not feel like oh i'm this extreme person that is always feeling based like no what would actually help me right now is to think properly like what does make me feel good what doesn't make me feel good and there's still a way to go there's still a pathway there there's a pathway there it's not like everything has turned to shit and i just have to fall apart
0: yeah pathway yeah Um, it's the opposite of Kaizen in some ways. You think about it rather than 1% getting 1% better, you can make it suck like 1% less. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Like what can I incrementally do so Mm -hmm. that I ratchet in this scenario and it's okay. Right. I'm still, because the one last thing I'll slide on this is, um, if you read books like the progress principle, um, we are hardwired to make progress on things. And it's when we yeah. when we feel like we're not making progress that sometimes we can feel really demotivated. So even being able to say, you know what, I've got a plan in place for this stuff. I'm working it. I've got a plan in place for this good stuff. And I'm I'm doing it. We can still say, like, even in this mess where the clerk is asking me how I'm doing and I've got the tuna salad in hand and my stuff's really falling apart and I'm just really not feeling it. He's like, you know what? It sucks right now. And oh. I can make it like I can, I can go forward.
1: Right. Right. My tuna salad moment was a good moment, Charlie, actually. Was it?
0: Okay. It was a great <laughs>
1: moment. example of a good, no, I'm just kidding. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. That's helpful. That's really helpful.
0: Well, thanks so much um, for coming and sharing your story. Um, I know you've um, been taking some time to quote unquote heal and doing what you need to do.
1: Don't put that in air quotes. That is 100% the truth. Heal?
0: Well, you, you said think? heal. No, you said heal with, with air quotes. I
1: didn't say heal with air quotes. You,
0: you did at the beginning. We'll go back and listen to it. You did. Um, that was the idea, but what happened was different, right? Oh, um, right. So, But you have got healing in a different way.
1: I 100% have. and And really, for your listeners, guys, you're going to learn it on your own. I can't I, me saying it is not going to really make a difference with you unless you've been through it is like accepting something is not approving of it. Right. So like I have to accept certain situations and like go on with life and my business and this and that. And that doesn't mean that I'm approving of everything. So I just want to make that distinction. Cause when my friend Tim said it to me, it was like, it really allowed me to what one of my mentors, Parker Palmer said was how do you create moments that are life-giving, like moments that want to make you continue living life versus taking yourself out and giving up? That was really life-giving for me. So that and surrender is a big one to things that I couldn't change or fix like I thought I could.
0: Yeah, so all the strategists out there that are cringing about surrender. Um, I, know,
1: I did too, by the way. I a hundred, you say the word I do every day,
0: right? That's the paradox of being a strategist is learning – to surrender.
1: Yeah, it is because I tried to, I tried for two years to layer every single strategy. All I did was strategically think. I know and I know now we're going into more tangents and more stories, but I will say this, the strategy 100% is what you're always looking for. What I'm always looking for is the strategy. And guess what? I strategized a hundred different ways with different combinations and permutations. And nothing worked, and then what do you do at the end of the day? You're going to look for another strategy, drive yourself insane, go to Thailand, go to Mars. You got. You surrender in some way. Yes. And that's where solutions can, can then come from, really.
0: It's when you surrender that the strategy happens, and it's this weird paradox that none of us want to accept. Um,
1: I never do. Every single time I go through a hard time, it's the last thing I want to do it's the very last thing I look to do, even if it's the only thing I remember from last time, it's the last thing I want to do every single time.
0: So as the guest on today's episode, you get to leave our listeners with a challenge or an invitation, depending upon whichever most resonates with you, um, from what they can do um, within the next week based upon what we've discussed. So what would you invite or challenge our listeners to do, Ishida?
1: Hmm. Ah that's a good one. um let me think properly. <laughs> I think in invitation feels a little bit better because I'm just in that space right now, inviting people to to maybe to maybe do what I had to learn to do this last two years, which is. <clears throat> really recognize that you know not only does like our we say that like oh we want our perfect time per, our perfect work to come from times that are perfect but i i want to invite your readers to think about or the listeners to think about the opposite which is in my case and in a lot of other cases online and otherwise the greatest lessons or the greatest messaging or work has come from these particular moments that are quite honestly the messiest. I know that's been a hundred percent true for me. And something that really resonates for me is to make your mess, your message. So in some ways I want to invite your readers to think about their own line of what, of what owning and taking ownership of your life and your messaging and your lessons looks like for you. Take ownership of sharing in the way that you want to share. That might look like oversharing. That might look like undersharing, whatever it is, take ownership of that and start stepping out with that. Like if I could have done that a couple of years ago, it would have helped me. If I could have done that five years ago, it would have helped me it would have helped me get real about who I am. And it would have helped my readers and my people too. Is that clear?
0: <laughs> That's fantastically clear.
1: Okay. Okay. Um,
0: Ishida, thanks so much for joining me today. It's been a blast.
1: It has. I miss you. I do. And thank you listeners for your attention. And thanks for having me.
0: All righty. So you heard it from Ishida. How might owning your mess help you advance your mission and your message? What might you do within the next week to take that piece that maybe you don't really want to accept and own and incorporate that into your whole body of work and self and life? Until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to Productive Flourishing. To get more resources that'll help you finish the work that matters and be your best self in the world, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. If this episode warmed your heart or got your wheels turning, We'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review for the podcast on iTunes.